I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, November 22nd, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, for our fact of the day, Jay, Teodoro Obiang has been president of Equatorial Guinea for 43 years, making him the world's longest ruling dictator. Congratulations, Teodoro. Uh, and that's a streak that will undoubtedly extend after recent elections, which, by the way, he won with an astonishing, believe it or not, 99% in the latest election. I was wondering who that 1% is. Who would have thought? Now, Jay, that's impressive, of course. I don't want to comment on his politics or if he's doing a good or bad job because you know, we don't get political here on the Peak Daily. But do you want to have a you want to have a guess at what language they speak in Equatorial Guinea, which is a fun fact? I don't know. I don't even want to guess for fear that I would get it wrong and I'll be mocked online. Yeah. Well, it's actually a strange one. They speak Spanish there. Oh. They're one of the few countries, I think maybe the only country in Africa that has Spanish as the majority language. They were colonized by Spain at one point. And so, anyways, interesting country. I'll get by. Probably a bad guy. I don't know. I, I don't know enough to, to tell, but I, I don't like the sound of what's going on down there. Well, the 90 percent in the election does not suggest it's a fair and free election. So you're probably right. The, the last thing I'll say about Equatorial Guinea is that it is, I, I did read an article about them once, and his son is like a fairly corrupt and is being indicted by France, but he's on Instagram all the time, just like driving Ferraris and stuff. So if you ever want a good, you want to get Instagram follow where you can see the son of a 43-year dictator, uh, you should check him out. Well, I guess Instagram has them all. Brett, aside from dictator sons on Instagram, what do we have for Peak Dolls today? For our first story, we lost a leap minute. For our second story, there's a new sick day law. And for our third story, there's some innovation in the weight loss sphere. For our first story, it's not every day a decision is made that literally affects time itself, but that's exactly what happened on Friday. Brett, I'm a little confused. Let's get this straightened up. Tick tock, Jay. The International Bureau of Weights and Measures, the BIPM, everyone knows it. It's the group that quite literally decides what time it is. They voted to abolish the leap second. Now, what is that, you ask? I'm glad you asked. The leap second is just like a leap year. Roughly every 21 months, the BIPM tacks on an extra second to the year to account for the gradual slowdown of the Earth's rotation. Now, this slowdown isn't as scary as it sounds. It's just that the oceans slam into the land with enough force that the Earth ever so slightly loses some rotational momentum. It sounds fake. (laughs) It's not fake, I don't think. I think it's physics. Now, this matters because it's difficult for researchers to predict when a leap second is needed, which makes it a pain in the behind for systems and tech that requires ultra-precise timekeeping like navigational satellites, telecom networks, and financial payments platforms. It's their Y2K. Now, in the past, companies like Reddit, Cloudflare, LinkedIn, and even Qantas Airlines have all gone down or lost certain services because of this pesky practice. Roger should have blamed this, but they did not. Companies and governments have long been advocating for the leap second's death. Meta even went so far as to post a tirade against it that was co-signed by Microsoft and Amazon. But here's the thing. They haven't gotten their way yet. The change isn't coming until 2035. So companies will still have to weather a few more leap seconds. Plus, a new system needs to be developed to take its place. One suggestion is letting all the seconds add up to a leap minute, then arranging a a date where a time would essentially stop for 60 seconds to let the Earth catch up. That sounds fun. What date would you choose? Maybe New Year's. Why not? That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Very fun. (laughs) We'll celebrate it for an entire minute. That'll That'll be kind of a blast. 
For our second story, on December 1st, a new law comes into effect guaranteeing 10 paid sick days a year for employees in federally regulated industries like banking, telecoms, and air transport. But don't expect sweeping sick day legislation to happen on the provincial level anytime soon. Now, Jay, you might have noticed there's a lot of people getting sick right now. So this seems pretty topical. It's hard not to notice. It's very topical and important. A lot of people are sick and it's important. The ability to take sick days is an important part of keeping the population healthy, especially as we deal with a staggeringly overtaxed healthcare system. But lagging provincial action spurred by resistance from employers has runny noses heading back into work. Now, since tabling the legislation, the feds have met with provinces multiple times asking them also to introduce guaranteed 10 paid sick day legislation to no avail. Despite the pandemic, there is still no national standard for sick days, paid or unpaid. On the one hand, BC guarantees five paid sick days, while Ontario guarantees exactly none. Now, around 60% of Canadians don't have paid sick days, per research from the Decent Work and Health Network, with that number jumping to 70% for those making under $25,000. And it's happening because sick day advocates claim that pushback from employers and business lobby groups have stymied a widespread push paid for paid sick days among the provinces. Now, the Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses has lobbied against a standard number of paid sick days, saying that the number of paid sick days a biz must offer should be based on how many employees it has. Yes, but even if employers are forced to offer more paid sick days, employees will have to use them. A survey from the Future Skills Centre found that 51% of Canadians said they go to work sick, with the primary reason being they didn't want to let anybody down. For our third story, when the public asks for weight loss drugs, say less is Big Pharma's response. What's the latest in weight loss, Brett? Big Pharma couldn't be more excited about this opportunity. So several major biotech players are moving fast to develop obesity drugs to snag their share of a market that analysts say could be worth $50 billion annually by 2030. When Novo Nordisk launched its weight loss drug, Wegovi, I love the name of drug. We do love the name of drugs, Brett, don't we? which helped patients lose 15% of their body weight on average, the stuff started flying off the shelves. Half the naming is just coming up with something so weird that you just can't forget it. I think that's what happened here. Widespread shortages of the drug and appetite suppressant forced Novo to pause marketing efforts, with, which would be pretty easy with the name, and rethink its manufacturing strategy per the Financial Times. And this is a big deal because obesity is a disease that affects about 650 million people worldwide, and counting, that largely go untreated and can have devastating health implications. Yes, but as drug makers rush to launch a new generation of drugs to tackle obesity, critics are ringing alarm bells that their potential misuse and side effects could be harmful to people like you and me. Patients also need to take the drugs for life to ensure they don't gain weight back, which generates a reliable stream of income for drug makers. Like WeGovi cost 1300 bucks. Maybe they should call it we Money. Now to zoom out. Per the Financial Times, obesity medication is forecasted to be the next blockbuster pharma category, like the revolution in treating high blood pressure in the 80s. I don't know what to say about that. That's, I guess it's exciting. I- Depends what stock you own. Yeah. <laughs> Big Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, this is the last podcast that Team Canada might listen to before they go out on Wednesday. So good luck, Team Canada. Yeah, well, we definitely know they're listening, Jay. And we wish them the best of luck against the lowly Belgians 
a country that is divided to its core. They are old, near retirement, and the speed and the youth of Canada will overwhelm them. That's my prediction. From your mouth to soccer God's ears. Have a good day, Brett. You too, Jay.